Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan University Football Coaches Show, a weekly look at the latest happenings in Profs football. Today's show is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble Bookstore, the Brown & Gold Gridiron Club, Inspira Health, Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar, the Rowan University Alumni Association, and the Southwest Council. Now, we take you to Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar in Glassboro, New Jersey, with Derek Jones and the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Accorsi, for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Derek Jones joined by the head coach of Pross Football, Jay Accorsi and Coach Week 2 here at Italian Affair. A busy yeah, evening tonight. Yeah, very much so. And again, we had mentioned a little bit before off-air, uh, confirmed it was uh, Ponderosa Steakhouse beforehand, before they moved in here and made it into the great restaurant it is. And my little plug for the Veal Marsala, one of my favorites. <laughs> well, Coach, we've got some special guests lined up for tonight. We'll hear from... Two guys who are a very big part. Under the radar, yeah. Two guys under the radar. Very big part of the special teams unit here at Rowan University. And uh, really, guys who in their own way have been busy a little bit. Certainly, Jake Hurler has been busy. Danny Kay will talk about his rise here at Rowan University and with the football program. But coming off the bye week here for you as you get ready for what feels like forever, the home opener now for the Pros. Yeah, again, last year it served us well with a young team to be home early and then travel on the road this year, being a more experienced team, traveling on the road and then finally being home after a while. So I know everybody's really excited, players, coaches, staff, um, you know, for a great weekend, family weekend, right? So all the families, parents are coming back to see their children they haven't seen in a couple of weeks and want to make sure they're okay and all set, but... Should be in a beautiful weather, beautiful day, um, a lot of things planned. So really, really looking forward to it. So as we take a look here at Family Weekend, and, and we'll get into, in particular, Salve Regina coming up here in a few. But as you said, big weekend for the players because in, in years past, the, the team, the schedule hasn't quite lined up that way for Family Weekend and the team to be together at the same time so this has to be a pretty special day. yeah so we're excited about that to, to be back home obviously with a really good start uh so for, so people can come and you know watch us and see what we're all about and um finally be able to show them you know our version of this year's team which we're all really excited about so with the bye week i mean it's a little bit earlier in the season than, than in some cases in years past where you have a little bit more set towards the, the middle of the year what did you focus on this week during the bye week I thought we did a great job of giving the players time off. Um, you know, we practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but gave them the long weekend. Um, you know, a lot of new players in the program getting used to doing academic work and classes and all those other things. But, you know, again, just told the team, get away from football, relax, get ready for the big stretch here down towards the end as we finish the out-of-season games and then start to jump into NJAC play. How difficult and important in the same regard is that to, to get the guys to say, hey, you know, it's okay to take a step back for a second and kind of to reset? I think with the older players, it's a little bit easier. So if some older players are a little nicked or hurt, you know, you know what they can do. But we really concentrated on getting a lot of good work in. We concentrated on, you know, some of the players that you don't hear about. 
we had a chance Thursday to let the players kind of um, play a simulated game that they don't get a chance to do. So it provides an opportunity to do a lot of different things that you don't do in a normal game week prep. So you can kind of be creative, do a lot of different things. And, and I thought the coaches and players did a great job of that. Is it difficult after such an emotional win against Springfield to kind of say, okay, here's what we can do better if the team is kind of like, you know, if the team's riding high. Is it tougher sometimes to correct when you have those kind of moments rather than the other way around? Yeah, I think it is, but with a more experienced team, I mean, even after the Springfield game, our players are already talking about Salve and remember last year and remember the second half, we didn't really show up or do anything and we got to play four quarters of football. So, again, with a more experienced team, they're going to talk about those really important things. But, again, it gives you, in the off week, a great chance to work on a lot of different intricacies of the game that you normally don't do when you're game prep, game week. So, uh, again, I thought we did a really great job. I thought the players did a great job. And I thought we got a lot of great work in for the week, too. Well, it, you, you talked about the game last year. Um, it was a, it was an unusual game. because Tale of two it, cities, right? Yes. It was a pinball machine game. It was a, a strange... Uh, untraditional or non-traditional setup for you guys in terms of how you could get ready for the game and things like that. But this time around, they're coming to Glassboro. How different is the team that you saw a year ago versus the one that will come into Glassboro on Saturday? Obviously, I think they, they're missing some some pieces they had last year. Their running back was, uh, I think, a first or second team All-American. Really dynamic player. Really hurt us in the second half. I think they, they lost a, a group of seniors that really helped them have a really good team last year. So I think they're struggling a little bit with some inexperience. Um, You know, the big quarterback's back that throws it all over. They have some weapons at the wide receiver position. They're not as deep or maybe as talented as the running back position. Their defense looks similar, but some different people. So, um, again, I I think a little bit less experience, um, but certainly, you know, a really good football team, and we need to be ready. Such a weird game last year was... 35-16 at the half, and you look at that, and I remember talking to some of the guys after that game was over. They said that, you know, that first half was as good, and you said that, I believe, that was as good as you've seen the team play in a long time. Yeah, offensively, that's probably, you know, we'd have to probably go back, and Steve Tucker, who's back on the staff that was the offensive coordinator back on those, you know, 90 and 2000 teams, um, you know, even remarked then, like, he couldn't remember an offense that played so well for two quarters. We were just doing everything right. Defensively, we played well in the first quarter. Second quarter started to slip, and then I think that continued the slide in the second half. Um, but, yeah, I think offensively, the best two quarters probably that I've seen since I've been here. Um, again, we just didn't do much in the second half, but you have to give them credit. They, they made some adjustments and did, did some things as well. Joey Moriello, the, the running back you had referenced yeah, earlier, yeah. he scored the last three touchdowns uh-huh, yeah. in the game to help lead them to the 50-35 the to 35 game. But it, it's, as you alluded to, personnel changes kind of make it a different game from, from year to year. They obviously went up against an NJAC team this past week in Montclair State, a little bit of a, of a tough outing for them. Um, what can you tell us about what you noticed in that game? Anything odd? Well, they, they turned the ball over six times, I think. Um, you know, they had some special teams, big mistakes that cost them field position. You know, really, if you take away the, the turnovers and the big plays special teams-wise, it's a much closer game, and that's what we have to understand and 
and know going in. So that's what um, you know our coaches have talked about. Um, you know, making sure that we know they're still a, a, a really good football team, and we need to be prepared. When you take a look at the game last week against Montclair State, 31 to 14 win for the Red Hawks. Montclair State led 24-7 at halftime, yeah. so they were able to kind of Jump set, the, early, yeah. set yeah. the tone early with what happened during the contest. And, you know, third down efficiency, you look at that during the course of the game. Montclair State wasn't great, but Salve, 4 of 13. I mean, that's one of the areas where Rowan has been pretty good so far on their side of the offense. Yeah, and again, I think that's going to be critical, you know, for this Saturday is can we continue to improve in our third down efficiency and can we continue to improve defensively in our third down defensive of, of efficiency? So I think that's going to be critical. Again, early season games, you start to work out all the different details. Once you get into weeks three, four, five in the meet, you kind of know where you're at. Now you need to just really refine a lot of things. But I think third down is going to be critical in the game. Jake Stack. The quarterback for Salve Regina, 24-58 on the day, 247 yards, one touchdown pass, six interceptions. Yeah, I mean, he throws it up. He did that last year against us, I thought, in our secondary. We did an okay defending the ball, the deep ball in the first half, not so great in the second half. They're going to do the same thing. They're going to go empty, no backs, a lot of wide receiver sets, and throw the ball up to some bigger, taller wide receivers. So... We've really worked this week on defending the pass defensively, especially in our second and third levels. Um, that's going to be critical to the game because he's, he's going to throw it up. We need to be able to defend those balls. What kind of challenge does it pose for the defense because you, you gear so much towards a triple option, and now it's, <laughs> it's completely different? <laughs> yeah, you know, and again, it's week by week, and that's what makes college, you know, college football so exciting. It changes so much, and so now we got to switch gears and not really – concentrate so much on the run but more on the pass whereas the previous week that wasn't the case so it's different it's more challenges and you know that's what makes the game week preparation really fun and and interesting is how do you prepare for something that's going to be a little bit different how do you simulate it in practice and then how do you prepare for it so a, a different set of challenges for us defensively and again they have some bigger receivers um, I, I think we're very athletic in the secondary, but still very young. We had our first, you know, career interception, A.J. Curvin, at Springfield of any of the DBs. Wow. So that was the first turnover of any of them. So, again, you know, continuing to improve on that will be critical for this week. So before we bring them on after the break, I do want to ask you about our two special guests, Danny Kay and Jake Hurler. Um, what have they meant so far to the program and to this season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, Jake's been in the program from the beginning. little COVID thing, right, threw us all off. Um, you know, we were extremely excited when he came because he just wasn't a special teams kicker player. He played a position in high school, and I know that's one of the things that intrigued us about it. Danny, a little different, transferred in, but had some idea of Danny because of what he did in high school and his success. Um, you know, he's learned... Uh, you know, he asked me about holding, and I said, you know, if you can do it, it's up to you. <laughs> he really wanted to try it, and he's really worked the craft, and I think there's a special connection between these two guys with that. Um, and obviously the long snapper, but we've had JT on before, so we don't, we don't <laughs> need him tonight. We'll let, we'll let the older guys take care of it. But, again, it, it, there's a lot that goes with it. Um, Jake has come in great shape. Danny has. Danny really has taken the holding. Again, so that relieves your quarterbacks of have to do it. 
It relieves C.J. Barrett and some of your special player, players to do it. So, again, that's a huge role and obviously very successful with PATs and field goals. So the operations are going really well. And Kurt Kingen, our new special teams coordinator, has done a phenomenal job as well in organizing all those different things. Today we went over the you know, rush at the end of the game to just run out there and try to kick a field goal. Again, the operational part of it is something that sometimes gets lost, but these guys have done a great job and, and has helped us win our first two games because we've been perfect for PATs and field goals and done a really nice job. And, um, again, I don't want to, you know, not talk about Danny's punting. That's been really good too. But, you know, things you don't necessarily talk about all the time that are just as important, if not more, than everything else that you do. Well, you want to go back to Kurt King for a second because – if you're a, a longtime Pros fan, you, you know about him, but he really more so made his bones on the defensive side of, of the football. How did he get tied up in special teams? Yeah, and, he, and you know, the last you know, the, uh, the last year or so, he kind of helped me. Um, you know, when we had the retirement of Tom Dottie, Kurt applied for the job. It was a national search. Um, you know, we knew he would be in the running for it, and he did. He outlasted and outshined everybody else in the field, and one of the goals that I wanted to do was give up special teams for this person to really take charge and do more. You know, as the head coach, you get in so many other things that, unfortunately, the football becomes sometimes the last thing that a head coach does. I, I thought I did okay the, the last couple of years, but not like Kurt's doing right now. So I was really excited that he would take it to another level. And I think he's definitely done that um, in practices, preparing the players for games, and I think it shows. I think there's a lot of other special teams areas, um, you know, kickoff return and punt return, you're going to see us really start to improve upon that he spent a lot of time working on. So what we'll do right now is take a quick break. When we come back, you will hear from Danny Kay and Jake Hurler of Rowan University Football. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. Stay tuned more on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Headed your way right after this. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Inspira Health. Getting sick is never convenient, especially while you're juggling a full course load, a job, an internship, or all three. The My Inspira app allows you to access care at home, between classes, or on the go. Services include consulting board-certified doctors by phone or video chat to get a quick diagnosis and treatment for non-emergency medical issues from acne to the flu. You can see a doctor immediately or select a time for your virtual visit that works for you and your schedule. You can download the My Inspira app to get started today. Inspira Health is a proud supporter of the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot. Miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. 
Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Saturday mornings at 8 a.m., tune in to Rowan Radio for everything special needs. Join Sue Schilling in supporting parents in the special needs community with information on important resources. You'll hear from a variety of local specialists intent on helping all of our children thrive. We'll also take your questions and comments and, of course, brag about your child's recent accomplishments. So join us for everything special needs. Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at Rowan RowanRadio.com. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. Derek Jones along with the head coach of Rowan University Football, Jay Acorsi. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show, and it's time now to bring in our Rowan University Football Players of the Week. It's the kicker, Jake Hurler, and punter, Danny K. Gentlemen, welcome. How you doing? Good, good. Welcome back. Jake, you're no uh, stranger to this show at all. You're a veteran now, so looking forward to talking kicking with you guys. It's great to be back. And so take me through what the season has, has been like first for you, Danny. Um, what has this season been like for you to get started and get your, your feet wet even further with the program? So it's my second, second year with the program. I transferred in from Albany, and uh, uh, I think... I'm, I'm having a pretty pretty decent start. I could definitely do better, and I'm just going to continue working on my craft throughout the weeks and try to get better and better. Jake, for you, the offense has kept you pretty busy so far this season. What's it been like here for another year for you? It's just like any other year. Just got to keep doing my job. Offense is doing their job, so I got one job to do. Just got to keep it up. <laughs> So what's it been like working with Danny? We were talking about the, the kicker-holder exchange. That, that's got to be a thing you have to get down a little bit. I mean, it's been much better because CJ in the past years has always been with the offense, and Danny is with us full-time. So whenever we want to get some holds in, he can do it. And then with JT, he's with us full-time too now. So there's no reason we shouldn't be perfect. So it's, t- tell me about that, Danny, because that's kind of a thing we look at and we I think sometimes fans take it for granted about the execution and the operation. We saw in a game earlier this season on, I believe, the, the NFL side, the Bengals and the Steelers in week one, the long snapper gets hurt and then chaos ensues. Um, how about that operation and how intricate that is? Yeah, so if anything's off with that operation, even just the timing by a little bit, it throws off what we've worked on throughout all of camp and the couple weeks that we've had so far, and we've just gotten the timing down great. And uh, once that gets thrown off a little bit, it just it messes up everything. So for you, the offense kind of puts you in a unique situation because in a perfect world, you're not on the field that much. Uh, what's it been like kind of watching this offense kind of do its thing in the spectrum of, of you kicking as well? Yeah, so as the, the punter, of course, I, I want to get on the field, but being a team <laughs> player, I would prefer to be on as a holder and doing kickoff. Yeah. Um, so once we, we pass midfield, and I, I, I can worry a little bit less about going out there and, and punting. It's a nice feeling. Absolutely, and that, that kind of... Yeah, you want to be you want to be used, but not not too much, yeah. not too much. Jake, as far as you, you got into the holding and the, the mechanics of it, I mean, how long does it take to get the rhythm down with the holder? Is that something that's relatively easy, or to your point earlier, does it take some time to kind of get that going through the course of the season? Uh, definitely takes some time because you really gotta trust these guys, but 
I've had Danny here for the past two years. He did a little bit last year during practice. And, yeah, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> Danny, how long did it take you to kind of build a rapport with Jake? Well, at the beginning, he was just like, he thought I was kind of kidding about it. Like, yeah, you're going to hold for me. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and then uh, and then I just kind of kept working at it. And uh, the fact that we're with each other all day at practice, I was able to, to hold for him while he was kicking. And he started to realize that I was actually pretty decent at it. <laughs> So let's talk about the, the, the operation as a whole. Talk to me about the snappers and some of the other guys who play an intricate role in, in what you guys do. Yeah, so JT does a great job. He's consistent as can be. Um, he's working real hard to especially always get the laces up, which makes it just easy as can be for me because then all i got to do is put the ball down and let Jake do their hard work. <laughs> and uh, so if me and JT do our job, leaves Jake with hopefully a good kick. Jake, how would you assess things so far this season? Uh, because you, you've had an opportunity, as, as we said, to get a lot of chances to kick so far this year. Where do you feel your development's at versus last year? Uh, it's definitely much better than last year. Since the offense is doing much better, giving me a lot more chances. Having Danny at practice holding whenever I need him to. And now JT can snap whenever I need him to. So it's definitely a lot better than last year and it's definitely going to improve. Do, do you feel an overall comfort level? We've talked so much about what having the year off was like, but the opportunity now to kind of go in from off-season A last year with kind of the uncertainty, and then you, you obviously get back out there on the field to this year where everything's kind of back to normal to the way that it was. Has that been a little bit of an easier transition going into this year? Yeah, it was definitely weird with COVID. Couldn't do as much. We only practiced in the fall. I wasn't here in the spring. And last year, we did spring practices three days a week. And I even had Danny there, too. So the transition has been much better than over COVID. So, Danny, talk to me about how you arrived to the program and how you got noticed by Coach Acorsi and the other coaches. Well, I think it, uh, it has to do with Coach Cooper. Um, I've worked with him since I was in high school, uh, about, I think, sophomore year. Um, so I've known him for a while now. And then I entered the transfer portal, and immediately I, uh, I told Coach Cooper, who's our kicking coach, and uh, he, I think he, he let Coach Corsi know, and then he got me in contact with Coach Corsi, and then I went from there. So talk to me about your high school days here a little bit and the opportunity to play. I mean, was kicking something you wanted to do right away when you came in? Did you want to change positions? What did you Yeah, so in, in high school, I only kicked and punt. Uh, I yeah. didn't play another position. I switched over from soccer after eighth grade. The football coach found me and pulled me in, and I figured out I was going to be a kicker. <laughs> Jake, what was your early impression of, of meeting Danny? Do you remember the, the, the first couple of times you uh, communicated with him? Uh, yeah. Actually, throughout high school, we went to some of the same kicking camps, so I knew who he was, and I knew he had a very big leg on kickoff, and he was pretty consistent on punt. So I had a pretty good idea of when I heard the name and that he was transferring. I was pretty excited. So you obviously see a lot of different guys come through the program and different kickers and things like that when you see him are you 
you're like sizing this guy up and like, is this guy legit? Is he the real deal? Is this somebody I can work with? Is, is that what you kind of do? Uh, kind of. I mean, with Danny, it's like he's transferring from a D1 school down to D3. So you think he'd be like that guy, but he really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a mean way, but <laughs> he's phenomenal at kicking and punting. And, I mean, he had Tommy Brennan last year to learn from. So he's starting per to perfect his craft. Now he's gotten into holding. So we're becoming more fr more of best friends. <laughs> So, so let's follow that, that line of logic with Tommy Brennan here a little bit. He, he was very good for Rowan. Um, what did you learn from Tommy while you watched? Uh, a lot of stuff I learned from him was just uh, we learn so much. We, we kick all the time, and you go over the mechanics constantly. When you're out there, just do your swing. Just just kick the ball. Your, your mechanics will take over muscle memory at that point. Just try to get your mind off of it, and good things will come. So... I, I do have to reference back a little bit to what Jake mentioned. When you first got to the program, I mean, what what were your thoughts? Because Rowan does come with a lot of tradition and a lot of history with it behind it. What were some of your early impressions of the program? I knew there were guys in here that were definitely good. Um, I didn't come in here expecting just to take my spot or whatever. <laughs> um, I knew I was going to compete, and I was going to try to get whatever I could. So now as you get ready here for the next stretch of the season, now it's, it's a sprint to the, to the finish uh, from, from here on out. What do, you, what do you think as far as the season goes? And, and the weather changes as well because that is going to come into play at some point. We're obviously in a warmer situation right now, but as the weather changes, what kind of expectations do you have as far as kicking in the stadium? Have you kind of felt been able to get your, your footing correctly and all that stuff yeah. as you work in, in the so, stadium? So last year I took over after six games for Tommy. Mm -hmm. um, so I basically, I kicked through the cold games yeah. and he got the warm ones. And uh, so I already did the hard part and now I'm, now I'm kicking through the warm ones right now. So it's, I think I've already, I've, I've gotten the, how the wind is in the stadium down. How big of a challenge is is that stadium to kick in, Coach Richard Wacker Stadium? We haven't talked about that a ton. I mean, it's a unique uh, setup and a unique environment. Um, how how long does it take you to get comfortable in, in the confines of kicking in that stadium? Uh, it doesn't take that long. The only win that we really get is like from end zone to end zone in either direction or a little bit from the away stands to the home stands. But the home stands really block the wind coming from that direction. So it's, and it's still difficult to kind of get used to it, but not as hard as you'd think. Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a little deceiving because you can feel the wind down on the field going one way, but then you look up at the flags and it's going a different direction. So you, you expect you're going to kick the ball up in, in where the flags are, so you just have to trust the flags and which way the wind's pushing the flags. Well, no question about it, but how, how exciting is it for you guys to be able to welcome in the fans um, coming up on Saturday because it is family weekend. It should be a, a sizable crowd there at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium yeah, to take on Salve Regina. It'll be great. First home game, we're 2-0. There's a, a lot of hype around us this year for sure. Um, it should be fun. Jake, how about playing and kicking in front of those fans? Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> Get the home crowd in. Just be another game except more fans, more hype, and we'll get it done. So this year, I mean, you, you had to kick in a stadium that 
you weren't necessarily used to kicking in before. There isn't a long history between Rowan and Springfield. What was it like kicking in that stadium? Did it take you a little while to kind of get your your surroundings about you? Yeah, Springfield was definitely weird. I mean, going back to freshman year, it was kind of reminding me of Wesley because they didn't have the track around the field. The fences were very close to the sideline in the back of the end zone. The one end zone had a line of trees behind it, like 10 yards back. So that was definitely hard to get used to. But, I mean, I only had to do extra points. So that was good. <laughs> not, not, too, not too taxing in that regard. Yeah. How about for you? I think what uh, really helped is we went uh, the night before the game. We did a walkthrough. Uh, we got used to the field and uh, just got used to our surroundings because you, you got to deal with that in the game. What is high school or college the toughest place you've ever kicked at? Uh, I think my freshman year, I kicked on my home field at Palmyra, and during it was right after a torrential downpour. Uh, I think I missed every extra point because my foot just slipped straight into the ground. <laughs> was it was that the grass field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wow, wow. What, well, what about the next time out there? How did you how did you do? Uh, at uh, at the same field? Yeah. I, I, I can't remember. It was, it was a while ago, but I, I, I think the next time I, I ended up doing pretty well. There you go. How about for you, Jake? Uh, it's hard to decide, but I would have to say my senior year against Freeold Township, Crosstown rival, after a week of rain and their field was full of mud, it was just not good conditions to kick in. So I, I'm, I'm speculating here, but w would you prefer to kick off of turf rather than... The yeah. natural grip. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so you like the confines of Coach Richard Wacker Stadium for the, for that reason. You have the oh, turf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the grass does create, as you said, some challenges because of, of the rain and, and, and things of that nature. I mean, I, how, how much does that change your preparation when you have to go from grass to turf like that? It definitely changes it a lot, especially since we're going down to Christopher Newport, who has a grass field. But luckily, their grass field is very nice. It's almost like turf. So we won't have to prepare that much for it. But it's definitely a different situation. So before we go to break here, gentlemen, some goals that you have personally. Obviously, as a team, we know you want to win the NJAC and go on into the NCAA tournament and take care of business there. But how about your, your personal goals uh, related to the team? I definitely want to uh, have my kickoff average over 60. And then uh, I do want Jake to go 100% because I'm involved in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would assume you're not too far from, from that same goal. Nope. As long as JT gets the ball back there, Danny gets it down, should be 100%. <laughs> well, actually, one other question for you. Let's, let's talk about JT a little bit more. Um, we had him on the show last year, and he, he talked about the process as far as snapping goes. I mean... It, if, if something happens, how dramatic of an issue is that if if you have a different long snapper in or have to make adjustments even during the course of the game? It'll definitely be dif difficult to adjust with JT going out because he gets the ball back there, perfect spot, fast. And some of the other guys, they're not as fast, but they can get it back there if you need it to. Yeah, and, and Coach Cooper does a great job. If, uh, if JT went down for some reason and somebody needed to work really quick to get in, uh, he would he'd get him. He'd get him going. 
Well, Danny, Jake, you guys have done a great job this year. You did a great job last year as well. Thanks so much for taking the time out here today to join us on the Rowan University Football yep. Coaches Show. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. This is the Rowan University Football Coaches Show from Italian Affair in Glassboro. When we come back, we'll take a look at the D3 football scoreboard and much more and a look at Salve Regina and the Rowan University Football Fan Questions of the Week. Spoiler alert. Juan makes his return to the show. So a lot of good stuff headed your way as we head down the home stretch of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. This is Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stay tuned. More headed your way right after this. Friday, we're throwing a birthday bash for New Jersey native Bruce Springsteen. Relive the glory days with all his top hits, like Born in the USA, and Dancing in the Dark. Come celebrate with us this Friday on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. For more information on the GRASP Coalition, future community coalition meetings, or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash our dash coalitions discover. The Southwest Council is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM back here at Italian Affair in Glassboro. It's the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and head coach of Pross Football, Jay Acorsi. Coach, so cool to hear from Danny and Jake. Yeah, uh, again, um, you know, two really high-performing players for us. Um, Different experiences, different backgrounds. You know, kicking specialists are one of those things. You know, a lot of guys know each other from high school. Working with kicking coaches were... Very fortunate to have Jim Cooper, who does that as a profession for himself. Um, and also, you know, one of the hires we brought in to work with our, our players, which is really important. Um, you know, want to mention the want to mention the other two kickers, Connor Batten and Peter Parigi. You know, again, probably could kick anywhere in the country, um, you know, because they're behind and battling with the two guys you heard. You know, their, their time will come. Really excited about both of them really excited about their futures uh and again i think those five collectively between the two you heard um you know jt and then connor and peter you know they're all it's kind of like a separate group that practices differently and does a lot of things with jim cooper and 
we're just very fortunate that, that we have um, specialists that perform at a really high level, you know, and it's, it's great to see. And you understand hearing from Jake, just he's just cool, calm, yeah. color, like it doesn't <laughs> matter. He, he strolls out there and he kicks the ball. And you think it's an easy thing? It isn't. The football is an odd-shaped thing. I mean, you even see at the professional levels, like right. you talked about, it's a hard thing to kick that ball. He just does it with such ease because of his demeanor. And I think that has a lot to do with his success and Danny's success. And we're just very fortunate. We really are. Well, as they kind of hit on, they really haven't had to do a ton of, of heavy lifting so far this season, which is good. Yeah, I mean, Danny really hasn't had to punt a lot for us, which is nice. Um, you know, as we start to get into the season and conference play, you know, his role is going to be more important. Um, you know, Jake's been perfect extra points and really good with field goals. And, again, the operation's been great. Um, you know, Danny really took it hard. He, he came to me in the spring, too, and, at the, at, you know, one of our meetings said, Coach, you know, can I hold? And I said, I don't know. Can you hold? And he goes, yeah, I can. I go, can you be really good at it? He goes, yeah, I think I can. And you heard Jake. Like, I think Jake was a little skeptical. He did a little bit of it last year, not a lot. And I think he was really intrigued by being involved. And you could tell the connection they have. It's not always the physical part. It's the mental part, the emotional part, the social part. And, um, you know, those phases, you know, to snap a football, to grab and hold a football, and then to kick a football, and then through some uprights, that's a hard, you know, when they talk about that operation, probably the most difficult thing to do in football. You know, they're making it look easy, but again, it isn't. And, And it's because they work really hard at it. And they're pretty effective at it as well. And, and again, you know, we, we've talked about this before, that it, it's hard in general, and it's especially difficult at this level where it's you see teams sometimes, just, you know when they go on the other side of the field, it's it's either a touchdown or we're going for it or we're punting, whatever. It's not a lot of stuff is, is done in concert with the kicking game. Yeah, and, and they're, again, they're doing a great job, and, and again, you know, they're competing with Peter and Connor, and it's an open competition every week, and they treat it as such, and they go back and forth. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, the more players you have competing, the more the level of production is going to be really high. And, you know, they'll tell you. They're, and they're all really great friends, too. That's the other neat part is that yeah. you see friendships, and Danny comes in and, um, you know, transfers in, and, and Connor comes in as a freshman Last year, Peter comes in during COVID, so he's dealing with all those things. Um, but, but again, you know, we knew of Connor's success um, from a local high school, at, 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 you know, at, at Woodstown being so dynamic. And Peter, I heard about in North Jersey for, from some kicking people. So, again, we're just very fortunate. We have some really great players that are great guys that are working really hard that are performing at high levels and again we didn't even get into kickoffs right hang time like there's so much involved in special teams that they have such an effect in the game that people don't think of yeah absolutely and and their role within the team is certainly very vital while we have a moment here let's take a look at the njac scoreboard from last weekend we talked about montclair state 31 14 win over salve regina Salisbury bouncing back, 42-14 win over 
Ave Maria, TCNJ losing to Endicott 28-7. Yeah, I mean, again, it's early in the year. You know, teams are still trying to find their groove in what they do. You know, when it's out of conference, you don't know. I know there had been talk about Endicott being a pretty good program and being fairly ranked. Um, I'm on the coaches' poll, so I saw them mentioned in a lot of different things. So, again, you don't know until you see the film and you play them and, 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 and how it is. William Patterson defeated Keystone 27 to 20. Good, yeah, good win for them. Yeah, it, it's it, William Patterson's is, is always an interesting team. Obviously, the results haven't been there necessarily in the win loss, but we've seen some teams that have competed effectively in terms of being a challenge. Yeah, I thought they dramatically improved last year and the year before, and and again, still making that upward upward trend. Their head coach left to go to Villanova. Their longtime coordinator has been there, took over. Um, played in the NFL, has NFL ties, and seems like they're still trending in the right direction, which you want to see for the conference. You want everybody to be strong except for the day that you play them. Yeah. Uh, Kane, 33-14 win over Catholic. Yep, good win. Absolutely. And yep. then interesting result, Christopher Newport losing 38-35 to to Apprentice. Apprentice, yeah. You know, Apprentice was a school we tried to get on the schedule, um, really worked hard in the spring and just never seemed to make it work. Um, you know, again, the shipbuilding school, we played them back in the early 90s and 2000s. Yes. They have tough players. I mean, their guys are underneath ships in scuba gear welding, and then they're <laughs> playing football. So you're always nervous about that. But, um, you know, again, uh, you know, a new coach there at CNU, we'll see them in a week or so. So, uh, again, there's a lot of different reasons why some specific things happen. But it's always interesting early season games against teams that maybe you're not all that familiar with. And, again, when we reboot next year and do the Centennial NJAC Challenge and we're all playing all new schools, we'll be in a whole new scenario of different things going on next year. Absolutely. And this, by the way, is the the last week before conference play oh, yeah. kicks in. And it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when we get to next week and talk about Christopher Newport mm-hmm. and conference play opening as a whole. Salisbury... This weekend on the road against Western New England. Again, a lot of the, the New England schools kind of getting in the mix here in the early part of the season. Yeah, and again, a lot of teams want to play, you know, Salisbury because they may play Springfield or they may play Merchant Marine or, you know, one of those teams that runs that type of offense. So you see that they're very, um, you know, easily able to get games, even though they're a really strong program. But because of the uniqueness of their offense, you see a lot of teams want to play them, similar to Springfield and similar uh, to Merchant Marine and the others that, that run that option type of game. William Patterson taking on SUNY Merritt time. Who runs the option, yep. Yeah, they, yes, yeah. Yes, they, yes, they do. And so, yeah, so again, kind of a tie to Salisbury. William Patterson and Salisbury will obviously yeah, lock because, up later yeah, on. Yeah, because, again, you want to see it in action and, and see it before you have to try to simulate and play against it when you play Salisbury. So... Again, that's why you'll see NJAC teams dip in and, and play those type of teams to be prepared for Salisbury when you see it later on in conference play. Merchant Marine taking on Kane, Catholic yeah, against yeah. Christopher Newport. Again, another option team, yeah. so that's why Kane does it, right? Yeah. So, again, that theme. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny, you know, you, the, the importance of kind of getting ready for that stuff because we, we've seen how, I mean, devastating Salisbury can be against teams that, that aren't, prepared or ready for yeah, it. and even the other teams that run it really well and and again it's if you have a team in your conference or a team on your schedule that you play you want to try to play and see that offense again that's why we really press to be able to play um you know army prep 
and a scrimmage practice type situation um, early in the season. So you can kind of see it full speed. Um, and again, that, that's important to do. So you see our conference teams doing that like we're trying to do to simulate and see that in real live action. You just can't simulate it with your players trying to do it on a week's notice. It, it's really hard to simulate. And then rounding things out, Montclair State against WPI. Yeah, again, uh, you know, uh, you, you see more of us dipping into the New England schools because New England schools branching out. Um, again, and it's kind of the last year we're doing it because next year we start the, you know, the NJAC Centennial Challenge, which will create a whole new series of talks about different teams that you maybe don't see a lot, which I think makes it exciting. It's it's an interesting concept. We talk about the New England schools, you know, for a long time, and we got into it a little bit last week in terms of, you know, who's been on top in the East at various points over the last 20 years or so. The New England schools sometimes get forgotten about, I think, when you have the conversations about who's doing this and who's doing that in the East, but there are some pretty good teams up there. Yeah, very good teams. I mean, again, Springfield and MIT and, you know, um, Endicott, I think we played them one yep. year in the playoffs. Um, so, again, there's a lot of schools up there. Uh, there's a lot of Division Three football being played up in that area. So, just naturally, there's going to be some teams here and there. They're going to be really good. Coast Guard, right? We saw Coast right. Guard in the Coast playoffs Guard, yep. back in the 2000s when I was an assistant, late 90s. Um, so, again, there's always good teams. Um, you know, Framingham State, a team we forget about sometimes yep. that we played in the regular season that's usually always in the conversation for playoffs and winning their conference. So, um, uh, again, you know, an area that maybe Montclair and Kane and Willie P can easily get to, but we've branched out there just to try to get games as well. So, again, I think you'll see that change with this Centennial NJAC Challenge starting next year. Break time on the way as we head down the home stretch of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. When we come back, we'll take a look at Salve Regina one more time and also get to our fan question of the week from Uh Juan. Uh Uh-oh. Juan has some questions about newcomers. We'll we'll get to it. All right, I better do my homework. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll have more on the Rowan University Football Coaches Show right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM from Italian Affair right after this. WGLS FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Ready for our little forest adventure? Yes! We're here. Whoa, that was fast. There's a forest closer than you think. Find a park or forest near you and music inspired by nature. Discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by USDA Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
calling all sports fans. Tune into Offsides from 5 to 6 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all semester long on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. Join me, Rowan Radio Sports Director Danny Ryan, along with Larry Dealman, Aaron Hook, and the voices of the Rowan Radio Sports Department for a weekly roundtable discussion about the wide world of professional sports. We'll cover everything you need to know about local and national pro sports news three times a week right here on Offsides. For up-to-date sports news, topics, and debates, make sure you tune in to Offsides every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. It's Italian Affair and the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Derek Jones and Jay Acorsi with you tonight. We'll be here with you each and every Thursday night during the season for the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. And with that, we'll get to our fan question Uh-oh. of the week. Uh-oh. Juan makes his triumphant return right. to the program. He wants to know who are the top freshmen slash new faces that Rowan fans should keep an eye on for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that, that that's hard to say where some of them will emerge because a lot, you know, with an experienced team, you know, it depends upon injuries and what happens and and who emerges. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to see some of the sophomores you haven't heard um, this weekend on the defensive side, especially at the linebacker position with some players kind of nicked up and, and hurt a little bit. So I think you're going to hear some names that you haven't. Um, the secondary, again, we haven't talked a lot about because we haven't seen a really great dynamic throwing team like we will this weekend. So I think you're going to hear some names in the secondary um, that you're not used to as well. Um, I'm really intrigued by the three freshman uh, quarterbacks that came in, Joey Rena, Noah Bernardi, and Nate Robbins. Um, That was a position we really wanted to recruit with obviously Mike Cousney leaving. Um, Ryan Barch has done a great job developing and furthering um, so we feel comfortable but we knew that was a position that's when you're always really worried and nervous about last year we had two quarterbacks we held our breath every time Michael took a snap yeah. not that we didn't trust or know Ryan could do it but he just never had in a game before um, so we've been able to give Ryan a little bit here and there and I put him in on special teams so he's that athletic of a player to do some things but the three freshman quarterbacks Intrigue me. You probably won't see a lot of them this year, but that's one I'm really interested to see how that develops through the course of the year and then, um, you know, into next year. But, um, again, we're just going to have to kind of see. We're not really relying on a lot of younger, new, freshman right. new players right now, but you're going to start to see some of the sophomores. We have a huge sophomore class because, again, that's the class COVID, so they got an extra year, and last year's freshman class. So, we're still a dominant young team, primarily sophomores on the field. Traditionally, it feels like this has been a tricky program for freshmen to just show up and just you're just right in there. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of competition at the positions. Yeah, and, and again, that you know that makes it hard in recruiting because you know players are are knowing coming into a program who you have and who's there, and that becomes so intricate at all levels because. You know, who do you have and who's playing and how much time? And I've watched film and you're really experienced here, but you do really want me. And so it, it provides. But I think the coaches did a great job. I, I think we did a great job of identifying a Rowan football player, um, you know, and, and again, getting them work. We've been able to 
work, more players in practice because we have a lot of players. So, again, you know, we may have our main offense and defense, but we also have our younger players developing, which we did a lot of last week in the off week. And that could be a key for the props later on this yeah, season. Yeah, no question. Again, I mean, you saw bits of Kyron Roan here and there. You saw, you know, obviously bits and pieces of some other wide receivers and DBs and linebackers. You know, you're going to hear more of Aeneas Robinson and Christian Rogers and, um, you know, some of the linebackers this week, um, you know, again, with some different packages and what we're doing. And in the secondary, too. I really excited about the overall depth of this team and really excited about the young players. I, I think we're really headed in a great direction. I really do. The Profs will take their 2-0 record into play coming up this Saturday as a part of Family weekend with kickoff at 1 o'clock against Salve Regina. Should be a good crowd. Yeah, it should be. Um, you know, family weekend, so parents are coming back, you know, to see their their children and, and kids that they haven't maybe seen for a couple weeks yeah. and <laughs> want to make sure they're okay and want to see them and, you know, hold them and, and, and tell them that they love them and care about them and see that they're doing okay. Um, and, and, again, so it's a, it's a great weekend. Should be great weather. First home game. Obviously, the players and, and staff have done a great job of building some excitement. Um, so really looking forward to um, our players being able to really show our home fans and family and friends what we're all about. It should be exciting. A lot of new traditions with, you know, cheerleaders and, and new students running on the field before the game with us. And it's all exciting things. Um was in a meeting. Uh, there's going to be a marching band starting next year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so they hired a new uh, director of athletic bands. So I met with her today. I'm super excited about that. So there's a lot of it's exciting things happening behind the scenes that, um, you know, fans should really want to come out and, and see our players. But, you know, the dance team and the cheerleaders and the excitement and being in Coach Richard Wacker Stadium and playing against a really good opponent and, I think it's really building up for a really great family weekend. Should be fun. Coverage begins on 89.7 at noon with an encore presentation of the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. Then at 12.30, it will be Prost pregame from Coach Richard Wacker Stadium as Danny Ryan and Connor Brown get you set for the Profs and Salve Regina with kickoff at 1. Coach, best of luck to you and the Profs. Thanks. It should be exciting. A different challenge this week. We're going to see the ball in the air all over the place. Uh, it's going to be a great challenge for... Uh, our young secondary and, and second-level players. And, again, to see dynamically if we can continue offensively to to generate and, and really create um, exciting offensive football and keep continuing to try to score points. It's it, I'm really excited for it and, and can't wait to see our guys play. The Profs ready to roll this Saturday against Salve Regina. We'll be here next week at 6 p.m. to break it all down here on the Rowan University Football Coaches Show. That will do it. Special thanks back to the studio and Ali Pontano for guiding us along. You can check us out each and every Thursday night at 6 p.m. right here from Italian Affair in Glassboro. For Jay Acorsi, along with Danny Kay and Jake Hurler, I'm Derek Jones saying so long. We'll talk to you on Saturday. Have a good one, everybody.